Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast. I'm Sarah, one of the founders of Amazing If and I'm joined by Helen. Hello. Welcome back from holiday, Helen. Thank you very much, Sarah. I have had a lovely, it's very hot, it's not quite as hot as here actually, but yes, a nice big family holiday on Prince Edward Island. Are you familiar with this place in Canada? No. (laughs) It's something to do with Anne of Green Gables, I think. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot about her there. I think there's a book written about her. I haven't read it. It wasn't on my uh, school reading list with Shakespeare. But there's a lot of Anne of Green Gables stuff and potatoes. They produce about thirty percent of uh, Canada's potatoes. Would you believe? <laughs> fun fun fact. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> and for those um, regular listeners amongst you, you will know a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast all about grits. Was it podcast number thirty six? Did you say it was number thirty six? Um, <laughs> and in that podcast, we talked about how proud we were of doing a podcast every week and how important it was to us Mm -hmm. and last week was going to be absolutely no exception we'd recorded a podcast it's all about getting you promoted and then for some unexplained reason it didn't work and we don't have a backup Helen was in Canada so we (laughs) and because we'd made such a big point of this you know when you decide this was fate the fact that we were like this is what happens when your ego gets too big basically fate (laughs) finds a way of like bringing you down a peg or two knocking you down and uh, I won't forget in a hurry Helen in Canada trying to record a podcast with me over her phone with no wi-fi in a laundry room and it was really hot at some point as both just going do you know what we just just can't do it it's just not gonna work and you, I've never heard you sound so distraught. Because <laughs> I don't like things getting in my way. Uh, I will, I will I achieve number one value. Well, one of them anyway. But I, I will achieve through most hurdles. And um, particularly when technology is a barrier to achievement, I'm just like, ah, can't I just build some more Wi-Fi? Give it, give me some wires. <laughs> but yeah, we were, we were defeated. I think at one point you did say to me, I just, I just can't live without Wi-Fi anymore. <laughs> <laughs> which oh, did make me laugh yeah. um so you had a proper break from wi-fi because you were you were forced yeah. into it and it does just show even in the grittiest of moments what we learned from that is have a backup plan of which we had we had none so apologies for last week uh we took a slightly unintended break it has to be said but we're back this week hopefully with two podcasts both out on tuesday so we're going to go back to our original topic all about five ways to kind of help you get promoted And Helen, perhaps you just want to talk a little bit about promotions in the context of squiggly careers, because I think you might think, well, you know, we talk all about um, this podcast is here to help you develop the skills you need to succeed in a squiggly career. In that squiggly career, maybe promotions are not as important or not as relevant. What do you think? I think they're still very relevant. So the 
I just think there are more options than there were before. So we, we um, in Amazing If, we often talk about that careers used to be quite staircase-like, quite linear, quite predictable, and promotion was definitely a feature of the staircase. It, you were you were on a path, and you were going to go up in a up, up that path and, and in a quite a predictable manner. Whereas squiggly careers may have promotions, they might have sideways move, you might be changing industries. There's a lot there's a lot more change, but promotion is still a feature. And actually, if I think about a lot of the questions that you and I get asked Sarah it is about my next move how do I set myself up for success I think I want to do that thing but I don't know what my gaps are so we get a lot of questions around promotion I think we are always really keen though for people to realize that's not the only route so if you're kind of being a bit blinkered and maybe a bit sort of staircase like and you're thinking that my career is all about progression you might be missing out on some opportunities so we definitely if we were coaching you one to one, we'd be talking to you about what some of the possibilities that you could explore would be. But one of those possibilities will always be some form of a promotion. Um, and that means that you can progress. It means that you can get some achievement. It means that you can sometimes have a bigger impact on other people. Um, so still very important. It's just one of a mixture of things that your career will entail. So we would never want people just to think promotion is the only way to have a happy career. No, but I do think, uh, you know, for lots of people we talk to, promotions are really important and they're really hard. You know, I think particularly today we're probably focusing on um, internal promotions slightly more than leaving your company to get promoted through, uh, you know, going into a new role, though some of the advice will will definitely hold true um, in either scenario. But, you know, we've both been in big organisations where... You know, it's hard to get promoted because I think people often think of you in one way and then, you you know, you're desperately trying to kind of move up and demonstrate things that are beyond your current role. So I think it's something that at some point most of the experience because people do want to progress, you want to learn new skills, you want new experiences. And that does mean, you know, moving upwards in some way, shape or form. So what we're going to do in the next 20, 25 minutes is go through five top tips from basically our personal experience, things that we think have just worked really well to help us get promoted. So, um, Helen, do you want to kick us off? I will happily do that. Um, So number one is to get some form of internal sponsor for you. Um, And this is someone that will basically advocate for you about you when you're not in the room. And so when those ideally, almost before you even know about a promotion, they are talking about your suitability for it. Actually, in Microsoft, we have something called um, Slates where you would look up your next role. It's also succession planning, basically. It's a Microsoft web for succession planning. And you would have a slate and then you might have a, a... sponsor for you that would be advocating you for your next role now big company big formal processes for promotions so but i think the even if you're in a smaller company you can still use some of those um those kind of uh, processes so how you would do it if you are in control of this yourself you would be looking for somebody in the organization who is a supporter of you it is likely to be someone more senior than you to be honest if you're going if you're talking promotions that might be a level above you it might be a level above that When I was at Eon, I had somebody on the board and that was sort of, I don't know, four or five levels above me at the time. And they were a big advocate for me. They'd actually started out as a mentor. So if you're thinking, oh, how do I find these people? Sometimes just a one or two off one off or two session mentor conversation with somebody might help them to know a bit more about you and they could potentially become a sponsor it's one of those things that you can't really just ask people to be to go and be your sponsor. But once you've found that person, that person who knows what you're great at, who understands how it adds value, and you'll need to take control of that. You'll have to communicate that to that person. 
Once they've got that, though, they will then hopefully be using that knowledge to connect you to opportunities within the organization. And when, um, again, kind of a Microsoft example is when people are talking about promotions in a room, you ideally want a couple of people advocating for you in that room so that um, if someone's saying, oh, I think Helen should be go and be head of this team, a couple of people are saying, yeah, I've seen her have that skill or, yeah, I know she's got that strength in that area. That would be really good. So sometimes you might even want a couple of sponsors. But in short, get a sponsor to find them. You need to be able to articulate where you add value and how that creates value for the company and what you're good at. And you need to build that relationship with that individual so that they want to advocate for you because by doing so, they're associating themselves with you. So they've got to really think that you're kind of worthy of that sponsorship. Any builds? I think if it's an area that you're interested in learning more, there is actually a really good book that Harvard Business Review produced that's called Get a Sponsor, Not a Mentor. And it it talks about just the power of sponsorship. And I do think it is actually distinctly different from Mm. mentors. I, I agree with your point that mentors can become sponsors, but I would actually caveat that with, in the particular context of getting a promotion, only if they know you well enough and have seen enough of your work to be able to very credibly talk about you in the room where those decisions about promotions are made. Because I think there's a big difference between somebody generally being supportive of a person and then specifically being supportive. And I think you're looking here for specific support. And by specific, I mean examples. So they can say, Helen would be good for that role because of this. And I've seen this in action. And this is where I know she adds lots of value. And then to Helen's point there, what you want is a few of the people around the table, I think, nodding Mm. and agreeing and saying... And and I think often you do want that one person who is, who knows you quite deeply, who can kind of really, you know, say all the really positive things about you and you're not in the room with lots of credibility. And then I think you're looking for maybe slightly more, um, you know, superficial relationships in terms of people know enough about you to then be able to go, yeah, yeah, I kind of get that. That feels right. I have actually seen it a few times where uh, one person has sponsored somebody in a room to be promoted and then actually they've not had any support yeah. from anyone else and there's clearly been a disconnect and that's actually caused a challenge because you then start to get questions about, well, if you're the only person who's seen that and you're looking to promote someone, surely they should have wider influence, etc. All those kind of frustrating things that sometimes do stop us from getting promoted, but it's worth understanding And you reminded them. me... So definitely get a sponsor. When you were talking actually about um, uh, resources, Sarah, and you, and you referenced that article, um, remind me of a really good author. She's very good on this topic, actually, but she's just good for kind of management and stuff generally. Her name is Sylvia Ann Hewlett, and she has written a book called Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor. Um, and so, I think that might be the one that I was is, talking is about, it, actually. Is that, is that the that's, that's published uh, by HBR, okay. yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's also got a book. And I've seen her present. She presented when I was at... Um when I was at BP, actually, a really compelling woman, uh, and uh, I think she may probably have some TED talks, and uh, but that's yeah, she's worth she's worth following. She does some stuff specifically on this point, um, but actually, as a as a thought leader, anyway, on on careers and management, she's good. Lovely. So, tip number two, then. Tip number two is essentially it's okay to go for promotion without having ticked every single criteria to get that promotion i've been thinking about this a lot um, in the last couple of weeks because we are um, advertising for various different roles at the company that i work for gravity road and you know sometimes you do look at a job spec and you think is this a job spec that somebody's just written or is it essentially a wish list um and i think that's that do you know what that was a real moment for me of kind of going that's what you end up doing i think that's what most people do when they write job specs 
they they write down everything. Well, they almost write it for the this... job that they would have done after two years. Almost like the end state, not yeah. the person who's been brought in to learn and grow in the job. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think um, if you read it and you're sort of very, you know, you've got lots of humility um, and you're also kind of self-aware, you might look at it and go, oh, well, I only have 70% of that. So therefore, I'm not right for this job. I'm not right for what they need. Or you know, it might stop you from from getting, you know going going for it in the first place. So I mean, clearly, you don't go for roles where you kind of think I don't have anything. But I think trying to look at um, a promotion and think fundamentally here, what is the value that they need somebody to add in terms of you know are they very specific about certain skill sets or certain behaviours? And actually, sometimes you need to get in front of people to even understand that because sometimes. Until you have the conversation, you can't work out exactly where the emphasis might be. And the reason I always think this is so important is I've actually been good at this. I've been good at going for roles um, where I've not always had 100% of the requirements. Um, And on the flip side, I've also not got quite a few jobs. So I've been for a couple of promotions that um, I didn't get. And I then usually actually have known the person who's got that job. Um, and in one instance where you, um, you know, really have to be mature and kind of grow up, I then had to work for that person because we were in the same team. So, you know, two of us in the same team, both went for the same job um, and I didn't get it. And then and then chose to actually work for that person. And both of those times, they were incredibly positive experiences. I genuinely wanted the job. I, I thought I, I could do it um, and I could have done it. The people they recruited both times were better than me. So, you know, good choices. <laughs> but... Essentially, you know, they off, they went for people who maybe had got a different emphasis or, you know, maybe were more experienced. But because you um, go through the pro- the process very positively and if you ask for feedback afterwards, essentially, in terms of really what you've lost, it's not very much. You've got some really good quality feedback, hopefully, on why you didn't get the role, what you could do differently. So suddenly you've just built yourself your, you know, priorities and development plan for the next six to 12 months you've positioned yourself in the mind of people who've interviewed you internally to sort of say, okay, well, she might not have been right this time, but Joel, we really like these things about her. And suddenly they'll be looking for other jobs for you. They're they're kind of often there to help and support you. People want people to be successful and to develop and to grow, uh, you know, if you're in hopefully the right kind of culture. And then I, I still feel every time I didn't get a promotion, I probably still got promoted earlier than I would have done otherwise by going for it that bit sooner and sometimes I've, I've been for promotions a bit sooner and have got them so you know sometimes it works out because uh, you know right person right time and there's a bit of luck thrown in there occasionally and sometimes it doesn't work out but I have never found that to be um, a detrimental process I've always found it um, something that's been useful for me not to say that in the 24 hours after not getting the job you don't feel <laughs> absolutely awful yeah. and yeah in one particular instance I think I was actually like devastated because I yeah, really really didn't want this job it was a real stretch but you know like I really I really did want to do it so this this makes me now sound like very zen <laughs> and pragmatic um, but you know like the 24 48 after, hours afterwards I was like this is outrageous. I really want to do this job. I'm so I've disappointed. I've been there. I know those um, And then, you know, you get over yourself and, and get over it and you work out everything's fine and, and you kind of move on. Uh, one caveat to it, I would say, is just make sure, go for it, definitely, but be intentional about what you're going for because in, which is very different to applying for jobs internally and externally. So if you're applying for every job you fancy externally there's no real implication of that unless they're all in one company but no, no one's really going to know how many jobs you're applying for internally they will know and so if you're applying for 10 15 jobs that are all a bit unrelated 
bar the fact that they're a level or a grade or a pay scale, however that is done in your company, higher, you will unfortunately get an association as somebody who is just in it for the almost like the, the the financial elements of the promotion or the structural elements rather than the actual job itself. So definitely go for it. Don't let that, I've only got 70% of the, the what's here hold you back, but be very intentional and make sure that you've got a narrative about why you're going for that job, how you create value, how it's part of your kind of uh, your career thinking um, so that you just kind of caution against that, oh, that person's grade hunting or level hunting. Yeah, I completely agree. And I have actually heard people give that feedback about people before where um, it becomes hard. You know, it, like I say, it is hard internally to get promoted. So I just think as well, when you're starting to think about being promoted, be really clear almost what your, it's like your story, but it's a, just because it's a story doesn't mean it's made up. But how are you going to explain why you want to get promoted? What is it you're looking for? And talk about um, the skills and the behaviours that you have and the things that you are looking to gain um, and then demonstrate, you know, how they apply to the different things that you're um, looking at in terms of the different roles, because then that just shows you're very thoughtful mm. and you're considered. And again, this is where it's really important that people like your sponsors know that. So that if you have gone for something that's maybe a promotion, but it's a slightly kind of lateral move or a bit different, people don't just think it's just because you want to get promoted. There's actually a really good reason why. And not only do you know that, but but the people who you need to support you also know, know that as well. So that's tip number two. Um Go for it, brackets, intentionally. <laughs> so, uh, number yeah, three, tip Helen. Tip number three, it sounds going to sound really arrogant, this one. Act like you've already got the job is tip number three. Um, what, what we mean by this is that you want people to have in their minds that you are ready for this opportunity. And in order to do that, you are likely to need to be already acting like you're doing the job in, to some extent. Like, don't don't completely do the job of somebody who <laughs> you're looking for, So, um, because that would probably be quite irritating. But have a look. Let's say I wanted to do my manager's job. I would have a look at some of the day-to-day aspects of that job. Maybe there's um, uh, a weekly presentation of marketing results. I work in marketing for Microsoft, so maybe that's part of it. Or maybe there is running and all-hands or maybe there is talking to some people in the sales team. Maybe there are these aspects of that person's job. What I might want to do is either ask directly if I can do some of those things and say, I'd love to have an opportunity to develop some of those strengths or that experience. Can I do that element for a month or could I do could I take that from you so that I can build that skill set and release your time to do something else so either have a very transparent conversation and do some of that work now or if you feel like you can't have that transparent conversation with that person to literally do some of the the job features now think about what those job features are what skills they'd be developing and demonstrating so the presenting at an all hands one, for example, can you find some other way to actively demonstrate that skill? Could you find some other way, in my example, to build relationships with the sales teams that might exhibit the fact that you've got that strength and that potential? So it's always about thinking a move ahead of you. And how would you need to be operating to be doing that role and making sure that if someone was asking that question, is Helen capable or is Sarah capable of doing that role today, that you've got some points of reference? You might not have all of them. And that's fine, because I think that's part of the story about to Sarah's point in the in the last tip this is about what you can give and what you can gain because if you're going for a promotion in a company this is about you growing in the company so it's important that there are those two aspects of you know that there are potentially some gaps that you can develop in that role but you really want to be specific about 
this is what I can give to the role and therefore thinking right now what those things are that are valuable not for the role I'm in today but for the role that I'm trying to get to really really useful so if I think about jobs that I have gone for for example before um, in Eon here's one in Eon when I went into um, I'd gone in to do kind of some process job which is a bit random for me but then I ended up in an innovation team which was a promotion what I could talk about was some of the skills that I'd got in other roles and I could uh, even before I was in that job I was starting to connect people within the team that I eventually moved to with people in my network and I was sharing processes and giving them some sort of sort of free time if you like free thinking so I was already sort of acting like I was contributing to that team and where that team was going that was extra work on my heart you know I did that in the evenings and I put that together but it meant that when they were looking at people I was already a piece of the jigsaw that seemed to fit very well and I think, you know, be be realistic because I think what we're not saying here is try and do two jobs, you know, because I think so many people I talk to about career advice generally are often in that I can't see the wood from the trees. I'm already in a job where I'm super busy and I need the time and space and I want, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get promoted, but the day-to-day does get really, you know, you get kind of bogged down by it, don't you? And you want to do a brilliant job of your your day job, which we'll, we'll go on to talk about. And, and that is so critical. And so I think these can just be small moments of of kind of demonstrating this brilliance. You don't need to be doing this consistently. The best example I ever saw of this was um, someone was working for me and I went on holiday for, I think it was for a couple of weeks, and she essentially deputised for me. She sort of stepped in to kind of take over some of the projects that I was working on and she did such a brilliant job and it, it blew me away how brilliantly she'd done. And because until that point I'd really not seen loads of detail... I came back and I just thought, okay, well, this person is clearly better than I am at my job. <laughs> and so I became such a big sponsor for her then because you were just sort of going in that in that, you know, in that short space of time, she just showed me loads of capabilities that I'd not seen before. And then, you know, and she trained lots of other people that as well, but in kind of, you know, small moments of magic type way. And then they all add up to kind of paint a picture of going, we need to progress this person we need to get on on side for this person because they've got so much potential there so that's you know it can be you know just deputizing or going to a meeting on someone's behalf and getting some really good feedback imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So that's number three, act like you've already got the job. Um some of the time that's the brackets for that bit I guess there's always like brackets for these things isn't there number four think creatively about what it means to be promoted and with this one what we're talking about is being promoted doesn't always have to be the next level up in the particular kind of narrow area that you're in so if you're let's say um, a marketing manager at the moment it doesn't have to then mean moving to a senior marketing manager job um, in terms of title or actually just how your teams are structured in terms of whatever organization hierarchy you happen to have things like secondments and projects with squiggly careers are becoming so much more frequent Uh, maternity covers actually can be um, another really good one often I think these kind of roles require from you so you have to work out if you're okay to do this a little bit more risk I think on your part because sometimes it means you're doing a mat cover but you're not guaranteed you're guaranteed you're a certain job back, but maybe not exactly the same job. I can never remember the exact the HR, HR things. Yeah. These things. Just, just so I was saying that, I was like, oh my Checking God, I think I'm telling you, I policy. can't remember. So don't, please don't quote us to any employment lawyers. But when you are doing secondments um, and projects, A, definitely ask, that's the first thing, you know, what will happen at the end of this project? You know, are you guaranteeing me just uh, going back to a job at the same level are you guaranteeing me the same job every company I do think is slightly different depending on exactly what it is you're taking on and usually you kind of don't know whether you've got nine months 12 months um you know it could even be six months but those are almost big versions of what we were just talking about in terms of being able to demonstrate your capabilities either in a different way or at a different level with some different people it might get, give you the opportunity to work in a different part of the organization I kind of almost did this but slightly through being forced to through um, a restructure so we were being restructured at Sainsbury's and I could have chosen to stay within marketing within the function I was in and I sort of chose to go over into corporate affairs which is actually ended up being quite different to marketing now it wasn't really a project or a secondment but it was sort of a an opportunity to just do something different and there was no clear route back to marketing and I wasn't quite sure what that would look like. But I just thought, do you know what? This will give me um, you know, new skills that I just I, I won't get if I stay in marketing. So I was really clear about why I did it. And ultimately, that move ended up being one of the best moves I ever made. Certainly in terms of I actually ended up being promoted both within that area. But certainly when I came back into marketing, I probably got promoted quicker mm-hmm. because I'd done that move. And I say this to people so often think about not only your next move but the move after that move because I think just thinking a couple of steps ahead can be so useful when you're when you're really um, focused on getting promoted and I've definitely done this you can get a bit you know you're just like I just need to get that promotion I just want to get that job and that title and sometimes that job and that title just don't materialize and I think particularly now with so so much change in organizations you sort of never quite know what an organization is going to look like now in six nine months time because things are changing so quickly so having your heart set on a particular, being promoted in into a particular job, that job might just disappear and it's completely outside of your control. And this goes back to what is in your control and what is outside of your control. What is in your control is the ability to take a risk and potentially do a kind of upward sideways move, a secondment move. And as long as that feels like the right thing for you, feels like you're adding, 
and you feel like you've got a path back to where you were hoping to go to originally or it feels like it'll be a good move ultimately anyway, then I think going for those jobs can only ever be beneficial. I've not seen many people take those leaps. I'm trying to think actually of anyone where it's not kind of worked out for them ultimately. This is where this again is, is different about the internal moves versus external. So if you are moving externally, you can potentially be a bit narrower about the jobs that you're looking at because they might they might be looking at that job description and trying to match people as far as possible to the things that are on that job description. But internally, if you're if you're wanting to progress in a, internally in a company actually having a story about your development which is that you know how sales works or you know how the finance teams work and that you can apply that into your job in I don't know manufacturing or whatever teams that you you might be part of that sort of makes you more valuable within the company because it's so hard to get things done in companies because you'll all have the same experience everything's really busy and there's lots of stuff going on and prioritization's really tricky if you are a person that understands how some of the functions of the company that you're in stitched together um, because actually you've had some experience in those areas that makes you more valuable so don't worry that oh I'm in I'm I'm in I've got my careers in marketing but I'm going to go spend you know a year in sales is that going to kill my career actually if you want to progress in your organization it's likely to be really really valuable to you that you've gained that knowledge I remember when I was at Virgin there was a guy uh, called Tom who was brilliant and he'd started his career in um, accounting and he he's the, the least stereotypical accounting person anyway, any, <laughs> I've ever met. It's like, you, it's not, you're not talking about my no, boyfriend, No, different Tom. No, no, different Tom. Unless <laughs> Tom has done some time. Tom, who is my boyfriend who is also an accountant. But not a virgin, <laughs> but not a virgin. No, a different one. Uh, and, and this Tom, uh, the virgin Tom... Uh, I'll leave that statement there. <laughs> yeah. He um he was in design. Actually, that's <laughs> that's when I knew him. He was he was kind of working in brand and design and creativity. And it was how he applied. He he a he knew so much about Virgin because he'd been there for quite a long time. He had a brilliant network because he'd worked in these different functions. He could join the dots up, and he was really creative. And you saw these. You were really able to see these different sides of his personality because he knew you know he knew these different parts of Virgin. It was so powerful. Huge huge assets when I when I was working with him. Huge asset that he had that knowledge. And so I think this is potentially if you're looking to progress in an organisation, how you might look at your value and how you your experience relates to that value is different to I think if you're thinking I want to move around quite a few different companies to get experience in something that's a bit more specific. So our last tip then so that one was kind of think creatively about your opportunities the last tip then is about doing your job brilliantly so this is the I don't know how much I need to talk about this but this is a bit of a basic it's kind of like a a hygiene factor of if you are looking to be promoted in your current organization you need to have a great record of work because people will be looking and talking to your managers or your peers or your stakeholders and saying tell me a bit about how Sarah's performing at the moment and they will be looking for some evidence of that and so I think this is a lot of this is about your your mindset once you decide that you want to move on it is so easy to be distracted by the opportunities that you are interested in and to drop balls on the day job but that's just the wrong thing to do what you need to look at is in my day job what is the stuff that I'm uniquely good at what's the stuff that where I create the most value and that is the stuff that you need to keep focused on and keep your time on and I'd say this you know whether you're moving internally or externally actually 
I think you have to be doing your day job brilliantly because you will you will leave you will leave a legacy and you want your networks that you built and I've done this from company to company my networks that I've built have been so important to my future opportunities you want everybody in the team that you will hopefully be leaving to move on and upwards from you want everyone to be saying great stuff about the work that you are doing you do not want your legacy to be yeah, but in the last month in the role, they just basically didn't do anything. They'd already moved on. That's yeah. that, all your great work would get undermined by that statement. So do your day job brilliantly. If you do need to create some time because maybe you are going to be picking up some extra projects or spending some time with another team, work out what the two or three things are that you do uniquely well and that create the most value and make sure that you focus your time on those. Yeah, and I think I always reflect on this and don't forget people's capacity to remember what you've done is really small and so most of the time people only remember I always think one or two things that you've done which is sometimes a bit I get that can kind of you can kind of be a bit that's a bit soul destroying because you're like I've done millions of I've loads of good work and you're telling me you can only remember like two projects but essentially you know don't forget that person's probably got to remember the top two projects for 10 people or something and so the other thing I try to think about is particularly if those people are my sponsors or I would like them to kind of sponsor me within the organisation, what's the one or two bits of work that I would expect them to know about me? And, you know, that might be different depending on how they how they interact with me in terms of that project. And how do I make sure that they can talk about that project really credibly? So I need to do the job brilliantly, but I also need to make sure that they've I've sort of told them about you know, whether it's updates, whether it's the successes of that project, just so that they have some things at their fingertips. And again, going back to that previous point that we talked about around being specific, you want them to be able to say, you know, Sarah did this project brilliantly. And even if it's just one result, there's some sort of outcome or something where they can kind of connect it to then how you added value to the organisation or to the team, if it's more of a kind of, you know, a leadership type role, I think is, um, is really, really important. So, that urgent important matrix that I think I'm sure we've kind of talked about before but um is that who did the actually done by somebody I just thought it was one of those things where like everyone was just like oh yeah that kind of makes sense and it's it's um it's one of those things that I just think is continually helpful work out for yourself everything that you're doing write down everything you're spending time on within a week put it into an urgent and important matrix and work out are you spending your time in the right places and if you're not I think then you're stopping yourself from getting promoted as quickly as you'd like to. And often it can be some of those periphery ones that are actually really important but not urgent that you never get around to that you've got to work out a way to find some capacity to get those out the door or make a difference because that actually might be something you're working on with a really important sponsor. So that's just a good practical exercise that you might want to do. So shall I summarise yes. our top, yeah, five, top, top five tips? Um, so top five tips to get a promotion. Number one, get a sponsor. Number two, you don't need 100% of a job to go for it. Number three, act like you've already got the job. Bracket some of the time. Four, think creatively about what it means to be promoted. And number five, don't forget to do your job brilliantly. Which I'm sure, I always feel like our listeners, based on the feedback that we get, are all incredible anyway. Yeah. So you probably don't need that. You probably don't probably don't need that last one. Um, flattery will get us everywhere. A couple of resources for you that will make sure go out with the podcast. There's a really good article on the Muse. I'm sure we've referenced the Muse before, but if you've not looked at their site, lots of good like career advice that's created from loads of different places. So definitely kind of save that or bookmark that. And they've got a good article that's all from different bosses. 
their kind of top 11 things that will get you promoted. So it's a it's a good mixture of perspectives from people going, well, this is why I've promoted people in the past. So that's a good article to have a look at. And then on YouTube, um, I've discovered this lady called Lydia Rayner. She's kind of a career coach, but she's done, I think she was actually an accountant maybe. It's all about accountants today. Um, <laughs> accountant. uh, yeah, I think she was maybe accountant originally. Certainly she, she sort of wasn't a career coach originally. And I'm not even sure if she does it full time now, but she has a YouTube channel with loads of stuff around getting promoted, dressed for success. You know, they're kind of a tad cheesy, I would say. <laughs> but having watched a few of them, they are short and snappy and, you know, well produced and to the point. And I just think definitely kind of worth worth checking them out for this specifically because she does one on getting promoted but there's lots of other ones as well that um are worth looking at and also we obviously mentioned sylvia and hewlett and the answer matrix so when i share all of the um all of the links which i will do when this goes live our podcast go live every tuesday unless we have a technical issue and i'm in canada which hopefully (laughs) will never happen again but they go live every tuesday and um whilst we're getting our website built which is quite exciting we have a website but we're getting a new fancy better one where we you'll be able to look at all the podcast show notes on there whilst that's getting done you'll be able to go anywhere we are so we are amazing if in instagram we are at amazing underscore if on twitter or you can follow sarah and i on linkedin just helen to or sarah ellis any of those places i post our podcast when it goes live and i put all the links to all the articles we reference there because we've had lots of feedback from people that say i really want to get to your links um, but i'm driving or running or whatever you're doing while you're listening to the podcast so that's where you can find those things for this week and for next week's episode, which is actually going to go live on the same day as this one, so that we can um, deliver <laughs> two for the price of one this week. Uh, next week's episode, we are doing workplace well-being. Which I think is an increasingly important theme for people to look at. There's, um, you know, there's lots of growing awareness now of the importance of mental health, which is brilliant. I also think squiggly careers and one of the founding insights for Sarah and I when we started Amazing If was that squiggly careers can feel great and positive and full of opportunity if you've got the the skills to kind of navigate that squiggle but if you haven't you can feel a little bit lost a bit overwhelmed um, and it doesn't feel so great and so that kind of idea of workplace well-being and mental health was part of one of the founding insights for us of building building this business and so next week's podcast episode is all around four elements of workplace well-being and Sarah and I will talk through those it's inspired by an article which we've both read and reread several times and we'll be giving you our tips and our own experiences of how uh, where we do well and not so well on workplace not so well being. Um, so that's that's it for I think our list of not so well is way longer at the moment, isn't it? So, yeah, it's um, growing at the I'm moment. We'll, we'll think of some more good ones as well. So we will we will be back with you for that episode next week. And in the meantime, um, we thank you for any people that have been giving us reviews. It's really really helpful for the reviews that you give us yeah. on um, iTunes on the podcast. Helps us to be seen by more people so that we can reach as many people as possible to help them with the skills to succeed in their squiggly career so if you could spare a minute to tap five stars maybe uh, if you're so inclined or give us a, a review we'd hugely appreciate it and and thanks for being part of the amazing if community and doing that so that's it for this week thanks everybody thanks a lot. bye see you next week bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.